ladies, gentlemen, those of you who know better, welcome to another tantalizing episode. What? Excuse me? You've used that one before. Shit! <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> um. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Hot Singles. <laughs> I just like it a lot. I'm Autumn. That's Regs. Uh, mm, this is this is a thing that is true. And uh, and your flubster of ceremonies is Boo Cannon. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Uh, we got uh, not just the 2021 uh, end of year review, but the 2021 hot singles end of year review where we uh, we go back and we pick some of our favorites from the last uh, little bit of our fun little podcast here. We do. Uh, it's the basic formula is it's five we like, two that we did not like as much uh, being being diplomatic there. And one, hey, I wish we kind of talked about this one, but we didn't. So it's we'll we'll chunt it in at the end here and pray for better things to come. <laughs> that's uh that's that's the most basic summary I think we could do of it. Does anyone wanna does anyone wanna kick us off? Yeah. I mean so are we gonna stop Yeah, are we gonna start with the stuff we like, or are we gonna start with being mean to each other? Uh I feel like it's I feel like we all have the same like being mean picks so we can we can get those out of the way and create a more positive space for the rest of the podcast. Exactly. I, like I, I, I thought that might be a that, that might be a good plan. So um, tell me about St. Vincent's. Uh, Strange yeah, I, I was going to say everyone say St. Vincent on three. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's St. Vincent. I don't know what you want from me. I put St. Vincent yeah. at the bottom. I, I yeah. put um I put OK Computer as my second worst, even though I did not listen to yeah. it in this entire calendar year. Yeah. <laughs> I just it's, remember uh, not liking it, and so it went to the bottom. <laughs> look, the 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 solo Buchanan era was really just a Trojan horse to get a three-hour episode of Radiohead with my brother. And, I mean, and, it succeeded. Uh, it succeeded. You 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 won. So uh, we did win. Happy. I can't stop now. crying. We did it, kids. um yeah it's i uh i can't believe i'm a successfully invading imperial force (laughs) (laughs) um it's i'm trying to learn and grow and heal for my uh hot singles colonialism um (laughs) (laughs) um it's uh for it's I, I I can tell some of the fans in the audience uh, just on their faces that they have some questions. It's I basically did listen to uh, every album that uh, you know these two had talked about before I hopped on. So it's I am able to provide input uh, because we all have good taste. Um, I uh, it's I liked the Saint Vincent record, but I do not like Saint Vincent. I hope this helps. Yeah. <laughs> So the problem is, I used to be a person who liked Saint Vincent, and this mm-hmm. is this is sad. For and then, like I, and then Saint, and then Saint Vincent made that a little more difficult for you down the road. Just broadly, <laughs> just broadly, just like I was here for her being the like, you know, she dated Cara Delevingne for a while, right? And I was very ready to be like, I know who Cara Delevingne is, like slightly slimy but beautiful socialite, and I was pleased, like pleased with myself <laughs> that she would have like the cooler more sensible actually knows what the fuck she's doing like artist partner to be like you know the counterbalance where like 
Yeah, the, cool. the, this is this is a this is like an it couple in my head that makes sense. Yes. What I didn't count on was them just like no, that actually makes far more sense if they're both shits. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it turns uh... out, yeah. I mean, like again, I don't doubt her. Like, I've never doubted her visionary ability. I've never doubted her technical ability. I just find she's a far less interesting person to think about than I ever took a credit for. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's that's basically the gist of it. Um, I heard the first time I heard Saint Vincent was like the. I think it was like the season five premiere of BoJack Horseman, which says more about me than I think I'd care to admit. <laughs> um, uh, and it's it's like it, like the opening lyrics to St. Vincent's like Los Angeles or it's it's like in Los Angeles, the mothers are the whores or something. And I was like, well, that's not nice. The and, mothers uh, are young, I think. That's but, it. I mean, and I was like, well, that's I was like, well, that's not nice. Um, and uh it's, uh, I, I don't approve of not nice things. <laughs> it's, I, I, it's, I made my stance firm and clear four years ago. Me but, uh, no, it's, I, I did like this St. Vincent album. It sounds very beautiful. Um, I, did, I, just, I just don't like St. Vincent. That's the... <laughs> I did listen I, to... Um, <laughs> what's the one that she did after this? The um, self-titled one. The self-titled one. Um, I did, uh, cause we had talked about that during the recording. I was like, oh, that is much better. I still, yeah. I still, it's not my thing, but it's much better. And I, yeah. and I also, <sighs> I also listened to Mass Seduction for the first time since 2017. And I was like, oh, this is also much better than Strange Mercy. Regs just picked the, the worst St. Vincent album they could have picked. Uh, <laughs> the, pro the problem is I still think that it's got like the, uh, one or two of the best tracks she's ever written. And when she's on, she's really fucking good. Mm -hmm. I just like the it hasn't aged well <laughs> at all whereas I think um, the self-titled album is six incredible tracks there's six like nine out of ten tracks and three absolute bums yeah that yeah I could ne I... I could never listen to again if I wanted to um and then mass seduction I just think she's a less interesting songwriter on that stuff and that like if I'm going to pick a St Vincent album it's because I think that she's got some like hey like the Lynchian strange beauty and like shut the fuck up shut I know. the fuck up you can't describe St. Vincent as Lynchian you fucking asshole <laughs> I, the reason I'm doing that is because I didn't ha I w listened to St. Vincent before I watched any David Lynch shit and this is the point like he's got shut things to say about the world shut and she doesn't up. or when she does it's kind of banal and insipid so shut the fuck up ah <laughs> <laughs> uh. So the first time someone said Lynchian on this podcast? Surely not. Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You would have not let them get away with it if someone had tried to say Lynchian on this podcast. But I'm saying it's a failure of Lynchianism because it hasn't actually got content behind it. So, you know. I, w I would have let Nia get away with it, but she would not have dared bring something that she would describe as Lynchian, so. Yeah, no, that, that's understandable. Um, David Lynch is a weird man. And uh, he yes. is, and he is not nice. Which, uh, as we've mentioned before, uh, is clearly out of my Q zone. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's 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 Saint Vincent in the bin. I think that that's basically um, all of our lists have that Saint Vincent record. Yeah, yes. it's re regs kindly <laughs> get out. Anyway, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. Most of my picks are very good. 
It's no look. It's I I I wanted. It's let me let me let me rebutton this. This is this is it's look regs. In the bin you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about our faves that we discussed this year. Um, do, uh, do we have any others that we want to like shit on? Just while we're here, I don't know. I, ge- I I I genuinely it's it was just Saint Vincent for me. When I was when I was making the list, I had um, the uh, Tunnel of Love, Live Love ASAP, and Echo Two K all pretty near the bottom. But I like all those albums, so like okay. I didn't really I was, like. I I was going to destroy my microphone if you put E on on like like in the in the bottom. So that's that's no, good. No, no, no. You, you survive like, another day. It's a really good album. It's just that there's a lot of other stuff I like better. So I felt like I was like, it's not really a bottom two album because I still really like it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Even though yeah, it's I like just wanna... very near the bottom of the list. That we I wrote. we we all maintain a pretty good curatorial taste. Is yes. is what I think. Which is why this is uh, which is why this is the hump that we need to get over first before we gel right back into the man this shit rocks section yeah <laughs> the, the, the thing i realized is that i have just like choices about who to be mean to because like of the albums that nia bought i could be mean about flowers of the albums that marcy bought i could be mean about the machine girl records um of the albums that booze bought i could be mean about plastic beach um just like those are the ones that I like click less with and my blood pressure went up so bad right now I could feel it I know it also helps Regs I'm I'm throwing you out of the mansion jazz style (laughs) (laughs) again to be clear you heard exactly how much I like it which is like enough to suspend my innate like like the hatred of Damon Albarn which is which which was very very kind of you to do I want (laughs) I want that on the record that's um, I, I but, wouldn't ask that of anybody else. But yeah, um, the, the the actual answer that I have is Drake's mere existence reappearing like a specter in every single episode. <laughs> <laughs> where's that um, where's that tweet that's like every gorilla song is about like a guy we rapping about, about some real we shit? About that one. It's literally like a third of our Plastic Beach episode was us making fun of Flimsy Steve. Where'd you go? Where have you been? <laughs> It's a great tweet. It it might be the best tweet ever. It's one of the very best. It 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 has not ten years on into Gorillaz's career. It's only gotten worse. They they did a song with uh, Schoolboy Q called Pac Man, and uh, Schoolboy does some you know pretty basic uh, you know like popping pills like jokes Mm. to it, but mainly just goes off on his own thing. Damon Auburn is literally just singing about like Pac Man. Like it's he's just talking about Pac-Man. Ta- he's literally talking about ghosts and Pac-Man. And fruit and, little, and fruit and sometimes Coca-Cola and sometimes the keys and sometimes Pac-Man Jr.'s there. That's we need to do a Pac-Man podcast. I could talk about Pac-Man forever. That'd be, I mean, we that really would be a, gotta that, do a Pac-Man podcast. That would be that would be, and I, I mean this sincerely, the worst episode of Hot Singles ever. <laughs> It would. It would. It would just but, be the both of us saying Pac-Man lines back and forth. It's, it'd be like, man, do you remember? Uh, it's. It, w- it would be like, man, do you remember Super Pac-Man? You'd be like, yeah. Man, do you remember Pac Plus? Yeah. Man, do you remember Pac-Mania? Yeah. Uh, it's. We 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 couldn't put that up as a bonus episode because we'd have to pay people to take it. <laughs> 
Then we'd be getting written complaints about stealing people's hard drive space. <laughs> I pay the export audio a dollar a month. You mean to tell me that it's you put some dumb shit about Pac-Man for three hours on my computer? Good day. 127 megabytes. <laughs> Back in the day, you would buy a whole floppy disk, it would be 127 mo megabytes. Mo Back in my day, if video games got over 100 megabytes, there were riots in the streets, and you talked about Pac-Man for that long. <laughs> I'm going to kill you in real life. <laughs> I can't even play a podcast. <laughs> Free Joe Exotic is just a good song. I don't know what you want from me. I don't know what you want. Oh, sir. Okay. Let's, uh... Yeah, let's, we let's, like. let's, let's, yeah. I feel like we've exhausted this. Let's, uh, let's, yeah. let's, let's move that beautiful discussion along to genuinely our five picks. Um, yeah. let me, let me pull mine up here. It's, I'm, I'm looking at, like, the full list, and it's, like, uh, mine is pretty modular. You could substitute, like, all of these. I like backup picks for every spot here. Yeah, same. Um, I do, too. 100%. I do, too. <laughs> I... I have a I I could expand the second tier, but I've got six albums that like sit behind the top five and could happily go up top if they wanted to. So um, yeah, just really good albums. We talked about some really good stuff. It's I uh, it's a lot of mine. I noticed the patterns are it's like obviously like um this is obvious in hindsight, but the the picks that I have are the ones that we went basically really long on because mm -hmm. I can I can still recall that passion. It's it's a very easily like summonable passion for these records. Yes. Yeah. Um, the beats that we hit just still stick. And like again, that's also really fucking cool that the beats we hit are now like part of the things we talked about. And like that's part of the like the experience and the understanding of the record. Which yeah. is very um cool. my my nominations in this very split second that uh, that you ask me, obviously subject to change depending on the next time somebody asks me. Mm -hmm. uh, Tyler the Creator, Call Me If You Get Lost, a beautiful, beautiful, like, Jules Verne, Gangsta Grills mixtape-ass record. <laughs> uh, Tyler, it's, Tyler's not even, like, punching above his weight class on it. He's, he's the heavyweight here. He's got yeah. the belt. Um, I, um... When I was making my list, I, I sort of like DQ'd a couple things, and it was it was mostly records that I'd heard a hundred times before we ever recorded. Like I wasn't gonna put Floral Shop in my top five because I knew it like long before this podcast, you know. Um, and I also DQ'd Call Me If You Get Lost because I was like, man, I can't just put my favorite artist of the last five years on the list. That's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. If we make the rules though. We it's, make the rules. I we, just wanted to we, pick stuff that was like more surprising to me, I guess. You know? We're yeah. <laughs> we're the ruling body and we got bodies that rule. Yeah. It's so uh, true. Yeah, it's uh call me if you get lost. It's phenomenal. It's it's mm. it, it's Jeff Hardy at WrestleMania at 17. <laughs> like it's putting up like insane triple double numbers, making so much shit clear. It's beautiful, beautiful record. Love it a lot. Uh, next one, Injury Reserve, By the Time I Get to Phoenix. Uh, so I, I, this one, it's, and I, I hate to keep, like, propping up, like, how we, as a podcast, talked about the records. Um, but By the Time I Get to Phoenix was really, was really fun, because, um, me, me and Marcy, 
are me, me and Marcy and then Regs are like two halves of the talking about music coin, I think, mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. uh, Regs, you will instinctually pull. It's I it's uh, I talk about like how I'm the stupidest member of hot singles in private with you guys a lot. I'm like, oh, I don't have any insight. But uh it's you sometimes you do just need somebody that says, Yeah, it slaps. This is so good. Yeah. Um and uh it's uh and Mar- Marcy Marcy is also very intelligent, but me and Marcy were definitely of the yeah, this slaps, this just slaps, it slaps, it schmacks, it's great, <laughs> camp. Where it's you uh, uh Riggs, you will you will apply your knowledge um to extrapolate. Uh, on points that uh, that artists make uh, in sometimes critical and sometimes non-critical ways. Um, and those those came to a very confused center when we were talking about this record because it's yeah. such an enigma. It's it's yeah, not spin circles around me. This, this it, is a it, that's that's record. it. It's it fucking it, it put us in the spin cycle. Um, uh, it's <laughs> it's. Uh, as as more like interviews uh, with uh, with the remaining members of Injury Reserve came out, like it like they it's they they were they were upset that this was being interpreted as like a specifically a grieving album for Grogs, mm-hmm. um, and it's I I think our our coverage of it uh, sort of leaned on that uh, a little um, too much, but it's you know it's like it's that's that's what we had to go off of like it's that that was the that was the story of injury reserve of these two people up until, you know, they kind of took it upon themselves to clear the air. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a gap between a speculation about why does a group swing so hard to make something so like fractured and exploded and like, you know, it, it sounds the way it sounds. And part of that could be like, you explain it that way. Yeah. Also like what the album feels like tactilely is nothing about just, pure grief like i don't think you could listen to the album there are albums that i love that are quite clearly albums about grief full mm-hmm. stop and those are great albums but they're they're like honestly become somewhat one-dimensional in that sense like yes. sometimes those albums are like <laughs> important but also like can't live outside of that context whereas there this is... album is just like yeah this album's got a strangeness and it's like a like a there is that I'm just not gonna get rid of. Yeah, there is nothing one-dimensional about by the time I get to Phoenix. Uh, it is. It's about so many different things at once. It's I, <laughs> I, I genuinely think it's probably one of the best records of like talking about the sustaining human condition as we move into this next decade, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. it's it's you know it's like inclement like weather patterns. Uh, like surveillance algorithms, it's trying to move on uh, and grapple with the idea of like human memory uh, as human memory is being phased out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's and also Zaloopers is there. <laughs> <sighs> so it's a, just if, got virtual DJ and a bunch of. Um, tracks of cavalcade and <laughs> yeah it's a oh, phenomenal phenomenal record love it yeah. love it a lot uh floral shop is number three yeah. on my yeah. list it's i i said yeah. we we talked about floral shop for literally what felt like 12 hours it's i yes. could i could i could also i could go right back again i wanted to take this space to plug vectroid's patreon where um vec is Every every single cool thing about art on the internet, like these last hell, like fifteen years, 
is uh, you can attribute basically to Vectroid, to to Ramona <laughs> and her her outstanding gift of like sound curation, her her very keen eye for visual presentation, uh, and also knowing just like when to let something let it be. Um, it's uh, she recently put out a video album for uh, 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 Scorpies. Uh, New Year's Eve party, which uh, surprise was a sequel to uh, Fuji Grid TV. Um, that's a yeah, that's it, a phenomenal record. Rules. That's 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 gonna be in the that's gonna be in the 2022 list for me as well. It's just mm-hmm. again, it's so it's it's phenomenal to me that like 10 years into a career, which you know uh, up until right now, like obliquely didn't make Ramona like any money. Um. It's there's there's been this very like I, I don't want to say commercial pivot, but it's like you can now pay Ramona directly for records. Yeah. Um and what I'm 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 taking the time here to say that you should. Like yeah, it's yes. just yes. go do it. It's um, you know, after after you send that dollar to export audio, go send another twenty nine to to Ramona <laughs> to to go get some of like the the most interesting and captivating back catalogue of this past decade. I will personally uh, recommend a marginally more export audio slanted split for that money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to sit in front of Autumn and just say, like, give it that much more money to someone else. Because we do good podcasts. I, we I, do. I like we do. Well, okay. It's uh, in the midst of sending that dollar to export audio. If you want to send a couple more, uh, all's good on you. As we, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll look the other way if you send us some more money. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Fujigura TV... T- Two is just incredible um, beer video. Uh, like you could just the, the fact that you can take a literally like um, how would you fucking describe it? Like mash up, destroyed, chaotic loop fest of a of a like a VHS like deep deep dive dig thing, and like make quotables out of it. Yeah, <laughs> like punchlines like- out of it. Um, yeah, this this thing is incredible, and you should go watch it immediately, and then um, give everyone who's responsible for it your money. Done. Uh, Autumn, any closing remarks? Uh, no, I no. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. It's uh yeah, uh, Plastic Beach was another one of my picks. It's uh it's I, again I feel like it's I should have done uh, Autumn's criteria of like maybe albums that i have not listened to a hundred jillion times but uh, no i know it's but plastic beach still sounds so fresh and new which is you know it's ironic for its subject matter and its production material but it's it's just so it's it's so forward thinking and rewards active listening and also, it was the last Gorillas record to also reward active participation in the story of Gorillas, um, mm-hmm. where it's you know it's you have this crazy point and click adventure uh, with beautiful drawings by Jamie Hewlett. They're just blowing all of EMI and Parlophone's money. Like, oh my god, it's they got Bruce Willis in a music video. It's they're mixing two D and three D elements, um, storylines that have been bubbling for like the past three years in the Gorillas. Uh, like under lore get paid off massively and then uh they run out of money and they can't finish it which is hilarious i so i 
have listened to some gorilla stuff. I've never really known anything about the story, but two people at work were like talking about like, oh yeah, I remember when Plastic Beach came out and blah, 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 blah. And if you don't know that, like the story of gorilla stuff, hearing other people describe the story of gorilla stuff <laughs> makes them sound crazy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So cyborg noodle vomits up like an octopus. Um, yeah. And then it's they, they it's the boogeyman is massaging this manatee uh, that creates a fog that uh, up on Melancholy Hill, and you're like, what? What are? What the hell are you guys talking about? I gotta I keep don't this know moving. What the fuck people are saying. <laughs> um. It's uh yeah it's that prepared me for uh, tolerating a bunch of like written by the seat of uh, their pants shown in manga and visual novels. It's, uh, <laughs> it was a. It's reading Gorilla's lore from beginning to end is the exact same thing as reading Naruto Shippuden beginning to end. You're like okay they just they completely do not know what the fuck they're doing from one thing to the next. <laughs> um, it's great. It's great. Um. Love that record a lot. Uh, beautiful sounds. A great asterisk story. Uh, <laughs> and I, I I think my last pick... It's I, I did have E here, but it's... Uh, I think I'm going to swap it out for my Teenage Dream Ended. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> that's... Uh, that's it's, you know, it's... Uh, I, I can't tell you why, but that... It sounds like that there was a positive reception to that decision. <laughs> yeah, um, again, like, E is a vibes machine. It just, like, provides you with incredible vibes. Yes, um, it's... it's This this activates the tiny mixtape synapse within me, which more music yeah, should make it a privilege to do. Yeah, like, I don't think I'm ever going to feel as giddy. Well, there are going to be very few times, at least. I'm going to feel as giddy and as, like, completely overruled by an album as the first time I, like, properly got to grips with my Teenage Dream ended. Like, it's so weird and it's so good and like it's so easy to not let yourself enjoy that album um it feels like you're doing something enriching taking it seriously it feels like somehow this like 13 30 whatever minute like pop album is like eating your musical greens but also it's like a like an edm sugar rush like somehow it's it's both and it's amazing i love it yeah uh <laughs> it's it's you know it's uh, it was also it, it's again uh, uh, par uh, parroting everything that you said. It's a phenomenal phenomenal record. It was also it's it was also I think it, it was first on my first full time hot singles episode. Um, Hell yeah! So it's uh, I uh, it's you know it's a uh, just 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 fun memories I think. Uh, uh, shout outs to Hannah for being like literally the coolest person I know. Uh, who who would take who would bring Fair Abraham My Teenage Dream Ended onto a podcast um, and then it's like basically like create the only good discussion of this uh, album that's not on tiny mixtapes and even then <laughs> and even then we did it better uh, we did it's, we did a great <laughs> fucking job talking about that album it's cause it's cause we took it seriously that's it's yeah. a it's a it's a serious album um with like you know with like like upsettingly beautiful melodrama uh like being written under it it's phenomenal phenomenal i'm going to say that about all of them phenomenal hell yeah um 
and that that's it for me. It's did I did I want to move into like my hey just sliding in here? Or did you guys want to drop your picks first? Uh, I kind of feel like let's drop our picks first and then talk about other stuff we like. You got it. Brett, you go. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, boo. Um, the thing I'm where's I'm your spreadsheets now? <laughs> yeah, I'm literally looking at it. Um, the thing I'm wondering is, hey, boo. Of yeah. the albums that you picked, how many of them were your picks in the first place? Uh, Tyler, the Creator, uh, Floral Shop, and Plastic Beach were my okay. picks. <laughs> cool. Because I'm, I'm running through mine, and that was my pick. That was my pick. <laughs> that was my pick. That was my pick. And that was my pick. Look, See, it's, I there's just DQ'd a... most of my picks. There's yeah. a there's yeah. there's a there's a inherently sort of it's selfish is too pointed a word. There's there's a selfish angle to like the the you know uh uh esque book club that we have here at Hot Sunday's <laughs> where we we all bring our own submissions as opposed to dedicating an episode to talk about one record. Yeah. Um so it's you know it's like it's stuff that you want to talk about again it's it's that it's regs that 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 is the diplomatic I will absolutely go check that out in you talking and, talk and you about can, it passionately and engagingly and then also just like decide I like five things that I know yeah it's it's my it's my music guys it's mine I like it it's mine <laughs> I will say on, on the like reserve picks. Uh, Tyler was obviously yours. Matt Plus was obviously yours. Um, underscores was uh, yes, was yours. That was all like in the backup tier. I could easily sort them into the top five. Not going to. Um, of the albums that haven't been mentioned yet, I will give a brief shout out to James Blake because I think that's great. I will yep. give mm -hmm. a brief shout out to I is I'm Whole because I think that's great. Yeah. So top five. Uh, yeah, the, the thing I had was, like, I did my standards um, trawl through everything that came out at the end of the year and, like, put together my very, very top list. Um, I didn't get around to, like, the full exhaustive make of 1 to 68 ranking or whatever because that is slightly pure old behavior, and I'm, I think I'm beyond that. So I tiered it. And in the top <laughs> tier were several albums that we did on the podcast. So I, uh, Injury Reserve, Tyler, and the thing that comes in at number five for me, which is Giant Claw, um, with Mirror Guide. Yeah! Fuck yeah. Um, Fuck this yeah. Al this album, I think I said on the podcast, is almost a masterpiece. Because um, I think Arthur is the best, like, singularly, like, produced and written thing I held all year. And I think that the ideas in it are, like, so perfectly laser-targeted at me and the things that I like. The, like, hyper-realist, like, plastic, classical, abstracted formal structure and, like cool slightly arch presentation and also like super digital glitchy bullshit going on at the same time yes uh, if, um, if you like if you like when shit goes like this is a yeah, great it, record for you exactly um and i to be honest i think that any decent human with a pair of ears should like think well when things go <laughs> <laughs> I think people should like that. I think that's a good thing to like. Um, yeah, it's... it's uh, the, the reasons I didn't have it right at the top were almost... I don't know. The, another thing that happened this year were 
various people having lots of intense feelings about ambient music. Um, uh, shout out to Tone Glow, which is an incredible um, newsletter that's on hiatus at the moment. I hope it comes back sometime soon, full time. But yeah, there was a review somewhere in there that got a lot of heat and that I've dug through the, the like hashtag discourse around right now, which basically just says that like a lot of ambient music is made by hacks in the like worst sense, not in the sense that like there is experimentation for like people to do freely and like enjoy themselves with, but in the sense that there is like cynicism and like a genuine lack of thought and care and attention behind the work they do. And um, the thing that going through some of what I've ended up like latching onto as the more hacky ambient music is that I think that there is a like vibes generators are often like, very pleasant experiences, but effectively become like the highbrow uh, lo-fi beats to, to study slash what, whatever to. Um, they become a sort of like background thing that is pleasant, but doesn't actually like engage you or do much with the vibes that it's creating. And the thing that I thought was a risk with this, with this record was that like it would be vibes, but a different set of vibes, but it didn't actually like have direction and structure for them. And it wasn't particularly song written in a, like a direct way. And then I listened to it again and I just basically thought that was like nitpicking to the nth degree because like actually most of the moment to moment songwriting in this like very microscopic and like granular sense is like just really fucking good. <laughs> the reason I like these sounds strung together is because they're strung together in the way they are. So like, yeah, it's a, it's the sort of album that like I'm going to need to decide in a couple of years whether this like slides into the Pantheon. It didn't like crash into the top tier, but it might be a Pantheon album for me. So I'm excited to find that out in time. Uh, number four, number four. Uh, Adrian Lenker, Songs. Um, Great title, I gotta say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. So yeah, th this is just, it's very simple. Like, it's the best songwriting album I heard in the, the last couple of years. Like, several years. And Hell yeah. There are no weak spots and it's just perfectly put together. Like, I also guarantee that not everyone will, like, have space or attention for this like very particularly quiet version of a an acoustic record but like i think it's perfect um i don't really have anything more to say like i said everything in the original records i think injida just like that's the like case study that i had in my head and it's still i think a perfect track um number three um this single well not singularly i think it's an incredible album but also it was made so much better by doing the podcast on it jenny caval's apocalypse girl mm -hmm. hell yeah mm -hmm. Um, that I think was one of the most like exciting like, conversations that we had all the way through. Um, we literally went track by track and unpicked this like bizarre like psychodrama about sex and sexuation and um, yeah, gender gendering the end of the world. Like just so good, so fucking good. And again, it means yeah. I come back to that album now with like an even richer sense of like what it's about, and what it's doing. And it, in fact, it like leapt Blood Bitch to be my new favorite Jenny Val album. And that's like saying a lot because I love both of them. Uh, top two was sort of fixed because I like, I couldn't legitimately look at this list and not pick them. Because there's many incredible albums as we talked about. The top two had to be Loveless and Vespertine. Like it just would have been illegal for them not to be those two. Yep. Um, oh, are you still like... Loveless is good, but I don't get why it's like an all-time. Is that like a fair? Uh, no, 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 no. 
Oh, was I okay. like that on the episode? Because in my head, I'm like, Loveless is an all-timer. Okay, fine. Sorry, then I, I, then I, I just I, misquoted you. <laughs> no, no, no. I, you know, I was tweeting on Locked this morning about, like, my relationship to music is just totally, like, fucked this year, where I'm just not enjoying anything as much as I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, if I said, oh, Loveless is, like, pretty good... Um, that was only because, like, this year I've just been a little out of it. Um, I think Loveless is an all-timer. <laughs> I think about Loveless every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In, in that case, then, I, I don't think there's any, like, way around it just being, like, this is a sound that I adore and think about all the time and want to recreate the sensation of it all the time. And it, yeah, fucking gets in your bones and, like, blasts them from, to smithereens from the inside out. And then Vespertine, which I think is just, like, singularly the most, like, ambitious and incredible project that we talked about. Um, I don't think anything, like, uh, there are things that come close. There are things that, like, have the same scale of ambition, but not both that and the scale of, like, execution and personality to it and performance. Like, it's, it's on its own, rightfully so, I think. Oh, my God, I love that, that fucking album. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's my five. Uh, Mirror Guide, Songs, Apocalypse Girl, Loveless, Vespertine. Okay. Vespertine for real. Vespertine's fucking good. I'm making some last minute adjustments here because I feel I feel like I want to like... The, the list I've got right now has one of mine, one of Boo's, and three of Regs's, and I want to like represent our guests a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm trying to figure out like what moves... Um, yeah, I, I will say just to be clear, like there was some I could have just picked bitches brew, um, but that would have felt like th- this is the this is the weird situation. They're like, of course, bitches brew is the best one of the best albums ever fucking made, but just like there's nothing for me that's interesting by putting that at number one as opposed to putting Bjork at number one. Like mm-hmm. I think there's a statement it's like saying like this album about intimacy and sex is and like the the sensation of love is like of its time and also like spectacular it doesn't necessarily get put as the best album of the 90s whereas i think like it'd be very hard for people not to be like saying bitches were spectacular um so i was also being strategic about it so i think it's legit to be strategic about it yourself but like okay uh, okay okay yeah i've got i've got this i've got the change i'm making um and the change i'm making is that i'm i I had Apocalypse Girl at number five, and I'm bumping that down, um, not because uh, it doesn't deserve to be in the top five, but because I just had a choice I wanted to make instead. So, mm-hmm. um, number five. Well, I'll just quickly walk through stuff I disqualified: Fox Confessor, Ten Seventeen Thug, um, You Forgot It in People, The Carter, uh, and Transformer and Floral Shop. I just those are all albums of mine that were like favorites regardless of this podcast you know yes <laughs> um so number five i put age of um partly because yeah! it's a great album wow <laughs> and partly because it feels very funny to dunk on regs by putting an opn record that they didn't pick in my top five <laughs> <laughs> yeah such a fucking power move <laughs> i really liked age of i really yeah! liked it yeah <laughs> Um, number four, I put, uh, 17 by Seagull screaming, kiss her, kiss her. I just like punk music. That's all there is to it. I just think punk music's good. 
Good answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number three, I put Loveless. Um, number two, I put Mirror Guide because I like. I don't think I had thought about Mirror Guide much since we recorded the episode. And as soon as I saw it on like the list of stuff I could include here, I was like, oh shit. And I remembered like every fucking sound that happens on that record instantly. It was all just yes. back. Ah, <laughs> uh, good feeling. Um, it's sorry. Can I, uh, can I do another like tiny plug here? Um, yes, please. It's uh, uh, Giant Claw, Keith Rankin, uh, as a part of Death Dynamic Shroud. For their for their uh, cassette club, which is like a monthly subscription on Bandcamp, uh, he released his first solo Death's Dynamic Shroud record, yeah. which is which is Faith and Persona, which so is so which um, I wish that we had the time to talk about because it's it's the perfect like glitzy companion piece to Mirror Guide. Um, yeah. that it's af- after you finished sending those dollars to export audio and, uh, Ramona's Patreon, go sign yourself up for a monthly subscription to death's dynamic shroud, uh, on their band camp. Cause, uh, just the best, like, like goaded Kino raw swag, etc. Yeah. That, that Sorry, goes. Autumn. Autumn, I did no, not mean no. to pave over you there. I just yeah. no, it's... that actually made me think of something else that I wanted to say about mirror guide. So that was great. Perfect. Okay. Um, which is just that, like, um, we've talked a lot on this podcast about me being, um, fussy and old-fashioned, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I feel like 2021 is, like, the year that I started to, like, really learn to appreciate, like, electronic music in general, um, and just not, li- not, like, crawl into my singer-songwriter and rap music hole, like, year-round, mm. um, and I feel like Mirror Guy is, like, emblematic of that is like a record i would have fucking hated had i come to it outside of this podcast but like i just feel like i don't know i just felt like this year despite like you know any weirdness about my relationship to music i felt like uh opened me up to something like mirror guide in a huge way so yeah i'm really glad because i remember one of the early ones we had that with was the katarina barbieri record which i like Mm -hmm. thrust in front of you and you like panicked about almost <laughs> yes <laughs> like freaked um, had an existential breakdown i would say yeah and i mean if the if the end point of like taking genuinely what is like i picked because it is both like entirely electronic and also like formally quite simple and then we get all the way to fucking age of and mirror guide and we're like okay you have a framework for understanding this and can like get into it then like hell yeah I'm very, yeah. very, very happy with that development, if that's the case. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, Tri Repete almost made this list, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. I fucking love that record. Would not have cared for that record had this podcast not sort of, like, you know, reshaped my taste a little bit. Hell yeah. And then number one, I put Bitches Brew, because I'm not a coward, like yeah. you. No, that's, that's understandable. <laughs> have you I heard get... it? It's Bitches Brew. It's Bitches Brew. That's kind of an, it's kind of an easy one. Um... But yeah, I'd like, again, I was being strategic. I was trying to pick the things that wouldn't get picked up elsewhere. So, like, obviously. Um, but, no, oh, fuck it. It's Bitches Brew. What the fuck do you want from us? <laughs> the album is called Bitches Brew. Miles Davis it's got good. told not to call the album Bitches Brew, and then he called it Bitches Brew. <laughs> it's called Bitches Brew. Bitches Brew! <laughs> um, so, question. Bitches doesn't have an apostrophe. Is, is no. brew a verb? 
Let's hang on. Let me uh let me Google this. Mm. Most boring questions on the planet. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I'm fucking too. <laughs> I'm sorry, your ex. It's, I'm just. Uh, I'm just. I, I I literally had it hadn't occurred to me until I started looking at this album artwork again. I'm just like no. phenomenal it, artwork for the record. Yeah, it, it's, it's stunning. Um, yeah. No, I'm I'm sorry, Rags. I just it's it's you I know it's I I. I, I, I I acquired a lust for blood during our little St. Vincent uh, yeah. dunking section, and I was like, okay. You know, it's valid. that I'm, I'm here to be used as a punching bag. This is what um, my, my lot in life is. Um, I, I, I said it with the tone of it being an important question, so it was there to be slapped down with righteous fury. <laughs> so. uh, uh, Bitches Brews Wikipedia article. That's an awesome sentence. I just like to sidebar yeah. myself there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> has a section for album title. It is not known where the album title came from, and there are various theories as to where it originates. Some believe it was a reference to women in Davis's life who were introducing him to cultural changes in the 60s, and other explanations have been given. Uh, I like an, that. That's so the whole section. I, I think that that implies that there is a plural there of, like, mm -hmm. bitches. Um I, I, feel, I feel like such like a, like a dickhead being so, like, prescriptivist about the... The uh, like just like saying it's like perhaps there was more than one bitch who is who can tell, um, but no, it's I uh you know, it's bitches brew like that's yeah. fucking yeah. awesome, awesome, what, awesome. What awesome. an incredible record! It's like yes. just perfect. Does Miles Davis have a bad album cover? Ooh. No, no, I, I don't I, think so. I, I, I don't uh, think so. <laughs> he has he has he has Tutu, which is the best album cover ever. Um, oh, I don't know like, this one off the top of my head. I know I'll once I see it, I know I'll know here, it. But... Hang on. Tutu Miles Davis. Sorry, it's I just searched up like the coolest oh, album God, art yeah. of all time. Oh god, yeah, of course. This is Let me image. uh let me uh let me just uh let me this yeah. is the image of all time. Oh yes, this one. It's amazing. Look at the and hang on. Here's the here's the back cover. This uh this looks like every like press photo now. Yeah. Yes. It's I, phenomenal. Um, phenomenal. Uh, I this this got a positive rating on Resident Advisor. <laughs> I would also put in a silent way for conversation for best album art of all time. Yes. Uh, I I like our. Uh, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Miles Davis is a great face. Mm -hmm. He's he's just got a great, cool ass face. <laughs> um, it's uh our our little uh our little scatterbrained Miles Davis Miles Davis cover watch aside. Autumn, uh, did you have any other picks or was that it? I completely forgot. I, th I think I I think I got through it. I went through those very quick because you had yeah. all you all had talked about most of them already, and then yeah, yeah. um, yeah, so. No, that that's fine for me. Um, so our only crossover is me and Orton both picking Loveless and Mirror Guide. Yeah, hell yeah. That's I mean, I did. I mean, I did slightly reshuffle my picks so yeah, that yeah, I wasn't yeah. just regurgitating stuff that you two had said. But yeah, Fair enough. yeah. It's <laughs> <sighs> pretty good albums. So yeah, <sighs> Boo. Yeah. What is the thing that you want to shout out from this year? Um, that isn't a thing we covered. So actually, I thought about it, and it's. Uh, I was talking about this with you earlier before Autumn uh, made her way mm -hmm. in. Uh, I actually, it's uh, where I had two nominations. That's actually been upgraded to three. Um, it's and uh, it's. Can I get a? 
uh, I would like to maintain that it's just because I am saying these now uh, does not mean that we won't talk about them in a future hot singles because mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. can't shut up. Um, and I need to I need to talk all the time. And uh, yeah, sometimes I'll too. say the same thing. So my my three nominations are Black Midi's Cavalcade, nice. uh, Igloo Ghosts, Leyline Eon, and Porter Robinson's Nurture mm. were uh, were my three picks from this year that I was like, man, we should talk about these, and then it just you know didn't come together. Didn't get time. But yeah. uh, you know, it's a okay. it's a it's a brave new world. It's a brave new year for hot singles. We'll uh, we'll we'll get those. Uh, We'll we'll probably hit all of those. I could probably just yeah. make those my consecutive picks leading up. I would um, I would love to do that Porter Robinson one because I've only heard um, what's the one that everyone's heard. That's the only album phase I've heard. Uh, the, the really famous one. Worlds. Worlds. Thank you. Yeah, that's the only one of his I've heard. So I would love to like listen to what he's up to now because that album is fucking old. <laughs> Eight years. Eight years we live in a post-Worlds post by Porter Robinson. You know. World. We live in a post-Worlds world. It's literally been a decade since Spitfire EP. Jesus. Yeah! I realized something. What did you realize? When I was reshuffling, I accidentally cut my actual number one. My actual number one I accidentally cut because I was oh, no. shuffling things around and going too quick. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what Rip to Age of, you're now number six. Uh, no! The truth hurts. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, man, I was like in a state for an entire day when Draco passed. I, I'm still, oof, oof. Too Icy is like the best fucking song I've heard all year. And um, I'm, I'm just, I'm fucked up about Draco passing. Yeah. And I wanted to like, Oh man, <laughs> it absolutely sucks. It just sucks. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry to bring the mood down. I no, was just no, like, no. oh no, I I I skipped something. <laughs> no, it's I'm just thinking about like the uh, the guitar sample on uh, "Too Icy" and just thinking about making some illicit deals. <laughs> <laughs> As ever, I do when I listen to "Too Icy." <laughs> it's the thing you ought to do. Anyway. Oh my god. So, uh, Boo, that's your three picks. Ooh, have those you are those are my three picks. Yes, three uh, things that you liked, and maybe we'll talk about at some point. But that you liked from the year. Yes. Yeah. Um, Ooh, have you got Have you got anything to shout out? I feel like all the stuff that I want to shout out, we did end up like. We never did an episode about these, but, like, they were all stuff that I was, like, bringing up on the podcast from time to time, which mm. was just, like, um, falling deep in a Brandy Carlisle hole. Like, deep yeah, in yeah. a Brandy Carlisle hole. Um, I, I really think um, her newest album, In a Silent Way, is, like, the best album that came out this year. I, I believe that in my heart. Um... I really liked the new Killers record, Pressure Machine. We we talked about that a little bit here and there. Um, I really loved Pressure Machine um, in a way that like I didn't think I could ever like a new Killers record in some way because I thought they were never going to make something as good as Samstown. Yeah. Um, and Pressure Machine is not as good as Samstown, but it's good. Um, 
and what was the other one that was kind of in this same category? Oh, yeah, going from um, starting 2021 to being, like, um, St. Cloud by Waxahachie was, like, a pretty decent record to being, like, I have listened to St. Cloud two or three times a week every week for an entire year. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes records just hit like that. You can't really tell so, which they're going to be, but they sometimes yeah. just hit like that. <sighs> yeah, I mean, oh, if oh, and and also Evermore by Taylor Swift. That's not a joke. That's I genuinely just think that's a great record. I'm sorry. <laughs> <sighs> I I just really like Evermore. <laughs> Again, I want to try dunk on you, but I know it's it's. I'm impervious. I'm. I have just uh, embraced that I like new Taylor Swift music, and no one can shame me for this. No, no one actually can do this. So yeah. we just simply have to live with that. <laughs> oh my god. Um, excuse me while I find a image very quickly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Love the Taylor Swift artwork. <laughs> <laughs> we should. Uh, Listeners, the image that Regs has posted um, is, is my profile picture on an account which I will not be talking about here. Um, um, it's a girl with braided hair um, and all sorts of flowers in it, and it just says, I'm a girl, but I'm still a faggot. Co-signed. Uh, yeah, the, the van thing I was going to do is that, like, I know my Taylor Swift love is, like, bound up in, like, weird feelings about femininity that are, like, you know, very transgender and sometimes problematic. But, uh, I'm a girl, but I'm still a faggot. <laughs> this is why I like this image. Uh, I repeat, cosine. <laughs> yeah. Um, not to, not to reduce Taylor's role to this, but, uh, us talking about this reminded me of just how pleased I am that we got through, like... We didn't talk about Donda like one entire time on the pod. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, we're, it's, uh, we don't we, we don't got to talk about it any further than that. It's I will it's tell like, a very quick funny story about Donda if I may. yes story time. We were at work. We were closing. The store was shut down. We were just getting some cleaning done. Um, and we like me and my friend got the notification on our phone. That there was a new Kanye album out. So. My friend put out put Donda on, and it's hard to describe the like whiplash from oh the store's closed let's just listen to Nicki Minaj at like full blast to Donda, 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 Donda. We were crying, laughing, and I felt a little bad once I realized like oh the heartbeat stuff about that song. Oh, I don't care. It's corny. It's corny. It's corny. Yeah, I, I, it's. God damn it, I'm talking about a fucking Kanye record. God Don't damn it. Don't do it. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. No, uh, we're in a nosedive. Pull up, pull up, pull up. It's, <laughs> I, it's, I like 50% of Donda. That's my review. Um, I should listen, Reg- I should actually give it a real chance. I have not done yeah. that yet. So. Regs, what's your, we gotta move, we gotta move. Regs, what's Go your, uh, what's your pick, what's your pick, what's your pick? So, uh, I had a tier one in my massive tiered list of stuff that I really like this year. The tier uh-huh. one had four things that were we've already talked about. I, uh, Giant Claw, Injury Reserve, Tyler. I guess I got to talk about at least one, maybe two of the things that were also in that top tier that, um, you know, that didn't make the list otherwise. One is Yab and Yavanko with an album called Biome. Um, 
I'm gonna link here. You can just. I'm it. yabbing your Vonko right now, buddy. Hey, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, that's the noise you have to make when someone says a joke like that. I'm reliably informed. Um, <laughs> this is an album that like fits so perfectly into. We made some tasteful noises. Here are the tasteful noises. Um, I just happen to think that this is like the best and most extraordinary collection of tasteful noises I've heard in a very long time. Um. I can't really tell you much more than that because it's like the press junket has all got all the sorts of like reimagined futuristic excavation of dub. And I'm like, yeah, but it's kind of that. But also it's just like, you've just made a very stylish ambient techno record. Like this is, this is the thing you've done. Um, I just think it sounds incredible. Um, and I think that I'm allowed at least once or twice to just say like, yeah, this is the best sounding thing. It fucking goes. If you want to have um, noises that like scratch the insides of your eyeballs, there you go. I'm um, just uh, I'm just scrubbing through this right now. Um, the the Bandcamp label that this record was uh, on is called Ooh Sounds. Yep. Yeah, that's, I saw that. that. It's cute. That's a phenomenal review for this record. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. The second thing, and it sort of ties into the other, is Dear Liker's Blue Perfect Mind. Yeah. Um, so if you hadn't noticed, this podcast is quite transgender. No. What? Um, you lie. You bugging, Regs. You're, a, you're I'm <laughs> bugging out here. Um, sometimes an album comes out that sort of hits you at the right like gender moment. Um, there are many reasons an album can like feed into a gender moment. Sometimes it's because it's just like the most trans album ever, and also like has like intense like passionate care and like ecstasy associated with that and also just like concern and terror about it like it's an album that like intimately feels out all the like desperate intimate emotional dimensions of transness and it does that with like the most like incredible like the the reference points for this record are a mix of like kate bushy like the big operatic pop music and also like benjamin Britten, like choral stuff like british choral tradition stuff the biggest well not biggest the the most like stunning moment on it is um a resampled buck chorale um that has been like reharmonized and added to and with a vocal line on top of it um there are songs about astrology and mythologies about saints who are dogs it is incredible and mysterious and i still find like myself like plumbing the depths of it all the fucking time because it is like the album that hit for me at exactly the fucking right time you had me at kate bush yeah um <laughs> uh, kate bush and very trans is like a pretty like a very limited summary of what's going on but like it's a good start um mm-hmm. when i talked about uh the aya record i was like yeah, everyone's always so like melancholic and dramatic about transness uh it's really good to remember that sometimes it's fucking like wild and hysterical but the dear liker is like, no, it genuinely is often quite dramatic and, you know, emotional. Let's plumb the depths of it. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah. The other thing is, hey, I'm kind of part of a sort of record label collective called Eat This. And everyone who's part of that record label and, coll- uh, record label and collective has put out some fucking incredible music over the last year. Um, <laughs> um, basically, I could just list uh, Zara, O'Day, Twofold, Seacat, DJ Girl. I'm obviously... Uh, uh, fucking um, Sophia HKL uh, and um, Tank Jr. Like, I'm obviously missing people off just like snapping the names that first come to mind, but like, everyone has put out something 
excellent in its own regard and also it's blowing up and that combination is rare and strange and it's very very fun to be a part of and also it's trans as fuck so that's also really nice too so um i'm for what i'm shocked i'm for one i'm incredibly shocked that a bunch of trans music producers are both incredibly good at their their jobs and also like doing some really interesting remarkable things at the fringes of experimental electronic music um yeah just like when it's so fucking rewarding to be able to say that like people i know people i work with collaborate with talk to all the time about both like bullshit like visual novels and baseball but also um you know <laughs> uh, compressor technique um and bit crush sound design is like those are the people making the things that i genuinely think like put me in a trance this year like very few other things let me just um uh two tracks that i think just like hit in a way that very almost nothing else did that i will just link because they're my friend shit and i love it so much crawl space first track of seacat's first album this year antara and why me by ode um which is just two literally perfect songs um very different obviously more on the like electronic stuff rather than like dance floory club stuff but like we got the full range going on here these are just the two that like stick in my mind it's like it's easier to like say that the best track of the year is just like the the more adventurous experimental or like song written thing but yeah two folds made also the best club stuff i've heard all year so you know <laughs> th there you go um my friends make amazing shit and everyone should go listen to them and support them and get very excited when they start getting literally we got features in dj mag as well as like yeah and, um, hell yeah and um yeah that's my shouts we've only been we've only been going for an hour dude does anyone i know like, it's weird right i was like um, i rushed through some stuff because i was like oh we're gonna go like three hours like we usually do <laughs> it's regs and Borg, you're just gonna like like windbag it out we'll have a we'll have a we'll have a, we'll have a prime time sized episode for the fans oh. um <laughs> okay so actually the mm, if I am going to say, like, pieces of music that are most important to me this year, like, I can't avoid talking about visual novel soundtracks. And, like, that's not even... Oh, like, yeah. Can Hot, Single, Can Hot Singles become a video game soundtrack <laughs> podcast for, like, a I month? I mean, like... No, that's illegal. We're not doing that. Like, we, we, need to, no? we need to collab with the Abnormal Mapping guys and uh, to create a, <laughs> create a bona fide music sensation. <laughs> the thing is that, like... I spent a lot of this year thinking, or not a lot of this year, a lot of the last month and a half thinking about like, oh man, CDs are so cool. It's cool, cool when video games were on CDs so that the music <laughs> sounded like way better than it did before. Um, I don't have any more thoughts than that. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, I just think honest, Sonic R is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we all think Sonic R is cool and that's kind of why we do a podcast together. <laughs> Um, yeah, like, I think I could become a person who could get obsessive about, like, the process of video game music. The, the point for me, more than anything, was just like, that, like, I ended up spending literal, like, hundreds of hours in mixes of, like, visual novels and various kinds of narrative games this year. Which is, like, a change, given that I was that person in, like, 2016-17 and was not a gamer whatsoever between then and now. Mm -hmm. And so just, like, having songs that just, like, fucking activate you, like, you know, just, boo knows, when I say the pleasant, like, chat in a living room song from Fate Stay Night, you know exactly yeah, what I mean. Yeah, I do. I do I mean, exactly yeah. know the one that you're talking um, about. 
that is just like a, i hear that piece of music and i will like be activated in a way that i'm just like you know sometimes sometimes that's a that's a feeling that like grips you in your soul and I'm, I'm glad to have that even if it is like slightly shonky the, 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 some of the fun stuff of that is just like you realize like a lot of it is technically kind of wank <laughs> yeah it's, it's it matters the face, so day, the face day night soundtrack is fuck gilgamesh's theme is fucking weird <laughs> it's it's weird it is a weird guy song <laughs> um it's regs it's when uh when i saw that you were getting into fate it's as as somebody who I know that really loves like anthemic electronic music, I wanted you to hear Emia so bad. It's uh. I I I wanted nothing more in this entire world for you to hear that. Do 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 do. It's so good. Do 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 do. It's like, yeah, yeah. And it's, again, so good that this is like the thing that soundtracks the most like shonen bullshit moments of the shonen bullshit. Yes. Fate. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And again, like the it being like, I also know like the, I, I'll say like going back to you in particular, like 90s rave and techno and trance is like been a thing that I've done a lot this year. I one of my if I had to do a tracks list this year, um, then one of the very very highest things on it would be I need to find a link to it the second track of One Eight Hundred Parasol, um, called Jitterbug, which is like basically exploding a Nokia ringtone into the biggest piece of music you've ever heard in your life, and yeah. like this is a sensation that I have been like craving this year. A lot of the music I've been making is in this like mix of like beatless, trancey, technoy like super sorry bigness um pop like poppy dance music is a thing that i love but just like there's a very big difference between what people are doing now which is this like super hi-fi and the thing that you get on like emia or indeed many video game soundtracks which is just like they aren't used to like pumping club sound systems they aren't used to like uh, 2021 era like full spectrum like completely blot out any bit of silence you absolutely can like this mm -hmm. is like mm -hmm. almost tasteful this is reserved this is careful this is not actually that spiky and it's just very nice and endearing to hear stuff that is like comfortable but also cool um and that is the space that a lot of visual novel stuff like hits for me it's like it's it's got its emotional like weight entirely not out of being actually impactful music i mean like this is the thing that I'm thinking about when I'm, like, listening to, like, soundtracks to video games that were on CDs in the 90s. Because it's, like, back then, like, you just had to get real, not real musicians, you had to get, like, people who did music outside of video games <laughs> to, like, make all these. And now, like, video game musician is, like, a specific, like, profession of, like, people who just do this. And so it's, like, a very separate track, whereas, like, 90s... Like, I don't know, that the we were, Take Me For A Ride from MVC2, you could just hear that at an actual radio we, in the we, 90s. <laughs> I was showing Regs the, the 2013 Killer Instinct soundtrack compared yeah. to the, the N64 arcade yes. Killer Instinct soundtracks. And I, yes. I think I, I think Mick Gordon does a I think Mick Gordon does a phenomenal job with sound engineering, especially <laughs> since now that like every video game song sounds like the Doom soundtrack. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that he did um 
but it's like um, there's there's this there's there's a litany of documentaries about uh, the 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 KI reboot, uh, and Mick was the focus of a lot of it, where he was talking about um, uh, where he was talking about how Orchid's theme that was the one I was playing for you Regs, where yeah. you were just like oh my god yes 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 I want it. Uh, and, uh, it's, he, uh, he, 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 he did give a lot of compliments to it, but he said in the, in the world that KI had to be for the, you know, for, for the Xbox Live Arcade release, it's, uh, there, it's, it was a little too cheesy and a little too dry, which is, um, wrong. That's, in, that's incorrect. I look. I I uh, I don't have like a Jillian Game Awards, Game Award wins for like best soundtrack. So it's like, what do I know? But yeah. that's but. that's that's wrong. But you were wrong. <laughs> the thing you do know is like a taste for aesthetic that extends beyond like the Dark Knight Rises. Like this is yes. fundamentally it. Like the aesthetic, like paradigm we have right now is just so fucking restrictive, and that like finding stuff that just like is either completely immune to it or like very specific about how it does something drastically different. It's just very, very good, very rewarding. I like it. Um, um, but, but yeah, I, yeah, you did your like semi-annual name your favorite video game soundtrack. Um, again, very much in this like looking towards 90s trance and futuristic, like retro futuristic sounds. Um, again, this is a theme that keeps coming up and will probably come up again next podcast again, if come to think of it. I've been listening to a lot of the Final Fantasy XIII soundtrack, both, again, because yeah. it's a game that I love to death, but also mm -hmm. because Masashi Hamotsu has, like, a incredibly distinctive compositional style. Like, I know his chord progressions. Like, I know, like, he sounds somewhere between, like, a cool jazz and, like, a more, like, slightly later jazz fusion, like, person. Like, that's the, the stuff he's drawing from. And this year, thanks to a URL set, I found out he had a pop project called Imeruat, um, which sounds like he's just cribbing beats from his Final Fantasy soundtracks, um, which is no bad thing. <laughs> um, no. But it's that for pop music. Uh, Ta-da. Um, different track to one I linked to you last time. But like, yeah, this is just like video game soundtracks that like indulge in the like Again, uh, is it is it like trite to say that this is a thing that like Japanese games still do to some degree that has been lost in Western stuff, which is like a I think so. It's a, lots a of... sense of melodrama in context with stuff that even which has like drastically different aesthetics. Like even if your game is grim dark, you're still allowed to have a beautiful theme to it. Or alternatively, I... just like a, a range of aesthetic possibility that doesn't like restrict itself to the grim dark. You can extrapolate that further, I think, and say that lots of lots of video games these days are inspired by other video games. Oh yeah, not yes. not yes. just um, you know external experiences or you know errant thoughts that are turned into store uh, interactive stories. Um, yes, you know it's video games is uh, I I forget which one of our friends said this. It might have actually been Autumn. Uh, <laughs> where it's, uh, you know, video games is the only medium where the spiritual successor is a, is a commonly this, referred to term. This was, um, destiny of abnormal mapping and repertory screenings, but That's this it. is like, I probably retweeted M or, or destiny and, saying it. I yeah. definitely, <laughs> where it's, uh, it's, it's, 
you know, it's it, literally every single thing on the planet is iterative. But video games, due they to their like, uh, d- yeah, due to yeah, due to their ability to like create all-encompassing narrative experiences with like really tight gameplay kinetics, um, you know, it's it's entirely possible. Though you know, that's if it's a good idea or not, I'll leave that up to you know the interpretation of the audience. Um, mm-hmm. Where it's like you're the the most culture like it's you can live an entire life of culture absorbed purely through gaming, and a lot yeah. of a lot of people have that do that have grown up and are now making games. Um, yes, it's. It's, uh, I think it's, I think this is why video games are slowly, like, it's not slowly, but like, it's where the, the auteur conversation is happening a lot more wildly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't like, I, I like exactly half of what Kojima brings to the table, but it's <laughs> that, that he's so nakedly transparent about like the stuff that he's into. That's not video games. Like it's like it, Metal Gear Solid Five. There was just a jacket made by Puma. Kojima like w- went over to Puma and was like, "Hey, it's can you guys make like a cool jacket for my badass guy?" Um, <laughs> and they were like, "Yeah, absolutely." Like that. Uh, that 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 speaks to a level of I don't want to say thoughtfulness because it's I don't. I don't want to give like the other half of Kojima's stuff that I don't like that much credit. Um, like, but it's like that. That's I, I can think I, I can't think of like even like half of a guy in the Western gaming sphere that would like really try and branch that out. Um, yeah. And yeah. it's to to tie it back into music. Metal Gear Solid four has like uh, like it, it makes it a point to you know, make it, make it sort of sad when they play like the old lay motifs and like, or when it mm. sort of regurgitates itself and it's, there are licensed songs in the metal gear solid four soundtrack that you can listen to on an iPod because Kojima listens to songs on an iPod. And that's what <laughs> makes sense. Like, well, and the other thing happening with Kojima is that there are people in the West, like who make games that would like to make games the way that Kojima does, but Kojima is the only person who has the budget to do this. Yes, you know. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, I'm and tr- I'm trying again, to imagine like, is there a version? Of, is there a, like a, a? It's weird to put it in these terms, but like, is there a folk tradition of games that isn't also like ruinously like self like regurgitating? Is there a version of games that doesn't just recycle itself? With its own aesthetic, like closeness, like one that like uh, actually stops when, grabbing from the rest of culture. When you say version, it's are you are you it's are you like like let's imagine a better world for a second. Or are you like asking for a real world example? I mean, I want to imagine. I, my premise with all sorts all these sorts of questions is probably it already exists, but I just don't know about it. But also, like you know, the reason that I don't know about it is probably because on mass there are structural reasons why it can't be the thing that exists on mass. So yeah. So like uh, both I, both examples and the reasons why it isn't everything are, like interesting to me. I feel like this exists on Itch.io. It's just that like you have to play so many Itch.io games to find the like small handful of good ones. You yes, know, which the, is not the, like the batting average is just not there because the budget's not there. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And 
I, I think it's also difficult because video games is such like an iterative medium that like it's for one thing, it's it's hard to break out of just like piecemeal iterative changes. Like in, in order to in order to sell something in, in order to sell a new thing to somebody, they have to be assured that it's like another thing that they've already played. Um, yes, yes. It's or like that 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 increases the scope, that increases the width, that increases the budget. Um it's like and when when that doesn't happen, it's like it's what when the when the budget is granted for them to like really branch out of that area, um there it's it it's basically only deployed in in a very surface juxtaposition to what originally happened. I, I hate yeah. to bring Metal Gear back into the convo, but this is like the entirety of what Metal Gear Solid 2 is about. Um, mm -hmm. where it's, it's, you know, like after like the first, like two hours of play, you're given this like chicken shit protagonist who's like, he's like 90 pounds soaking wet. Uh, <laughs> it's, he's, he's getting fed information that the last guy that you played at is a fucking, is a fucking terrorist. He, uh, he like blew up everything. Shadow Moses, uh, was a complete hack job. Um, it's, and all of that is in service of like betraying player expectation, but also the game the game does not very much change when it comes to gameplay kinetics. You know, it's, you still walk around the, this, the control scheme is still obtuse, uh, to an extent. Um, you know, it's, they've added first person like shooting and stuff, which is a, you know, quality of life iterative change. I think, um, and it's, uh, it's, I can, I can hear Jackson, uh, of abnormal mapping, screaming, <laughs> foaming at the mouth as I move from Kojima to a Yoko Taro comparison. <laughs> uh, where it's Drakengard 3, the franchise uh, chronologically and canonically before Nier, the third game in that series was actually going to be called Drakengard 4, and it was going to be about this girl trying to find Drakengard 3. Um, so that is, if that ever happened, that would basically be the only example that I could point to for you, Regs. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. uh, otherwise it's, uh, games is not a, you know, a space that, uh, dynamically changes since so many hands are in the, uh, there, there are so many hands yeah. in the, in the kitchen, uh, that you yeah. can't, you can't fuck up the money for uh, when it comes to that. Yeah, it's different strange. with music and stuff. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing, both where music can be both a singular endeavor, but also something that, like, references genre in a way that, like, extends in, like, space in particular. Like, mm -hmm. there are social practices that extend beyond the very, very local. Like, when you imagine someone playing a game, you imagine, like, effectively a homogenized experience um a homogenized like system that mediates that experience like everyone who has a ps5 will go through the same ui on a roughly similar tv see roughly similar graphics tuned roughly similarly on a similarish tv and they'll mm -hmm. play it in their free time on a home tv and like that's the experience and the homogeneity of everything that surrounds the text of the game means that we almost just abstract away the fact that it has to be like done using like quite a sophisticated and particular like set of infrastructure Whereas, like, music, like, we talk about the infrastructure of music listening, but also, like, the context and, like, 
uh, situation and experience in music listening so differently all the time. Like the difference between a driving album and a headphones album and a club album and a album for long walks and all of these things that like allow us to like change the context in which they're experienced in really drastic ways. And like, it feels like if you have any attention towards the infrastructure of games, you know, and you immediately notice the ways in which they're like so constrained in what they're willing to offer based on their like very rigid expectations on like how any sorts of experience is ever possible in the first place. Like there are only certain kinds of experiences that people are willing to put up with. Also, there mm -hmm. are only certain kinds of experiences that are like rapidly monetizable, which is a similar yeah. kind of constraint, yeah. but um, it yeah. places on it, uh, places on you regardless. Uh... I, I think I'm going to I think I'm going to tweet this question out actually like is it possible within the current infrastructure of games to have like a fully like uh, you know like uh, farm to table subversion of player expectations that that you know it's that that like you know one game is okay computer and then the next game is kid a because I, I I don't think that even like Metal Gear Solid 2 does that extraordinarily mm -hmm. so it's yeah. i'm gonna it's we're gonna take this to the streets and the next episode of hot singles <laughs> i will I, I will report with the missive yeah yeah i mean just as much as like a a, a risk like a avoiding player expectation i'm also just like a cultural world that lives outside like the the restrictions of like gaming culture because like again expectations are like kind uh, of so, so like heavily built into that like yeah, it's Regs to answer the question. Player expectation is games culture. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah. You're right. It fucking. Uh, this is this is it. It just fucking sucked, and this is the answer. <sighs> Yay. <laughs> hey, um, we got onto this because music in games is a is a thing. Um, it is. And I probably am going to have soundtrack this all with the what is that piece of music called, Boo? Because you probably know. Um, the the chill like chatting in the the lounge theme from Fate. Oh, I don't I don't know what I don't know what like the name of it. Is. I couldn't I couldn't point to the name of I, it. The 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 annoying um, thing is you seem to know so I, I many know, details about like I, random I know, bits of I, trivia from Fate that I just would have assumed that you did. It's no, it's D Declan. If if Declan was awake right now, he would definitely be able. To, do do you want me to go get up like go walk up and ask? Uh, Declan, and you I'm guys can vamp for a second. I'll do it myself. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I, I, I can take that one on myself. I, I I do know. I know the exact one you're talking about. It's got like the. It's got like the. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um. Yeah. Just like having that as the baseline. Again, because this is the thing that like, I would alt tab out the game and just have that running on an incessant, literally like 30 minute loop while I have another conversation then realize that just like, suddenly my, like, I've allowed myself to like, enculturate fate as like, chill dinner time activity, as well as like, <laughs> the actual soundtrack to my dinner times and like, a sense of how they relate to each other, which is a, a strange and funny thing. Rex, if you, uh, if you, uh, when you do find it, can you put it under, like, this entire, like, yeah, post discussion that we're having here? the whole thing. 
loop the entirety because it's we're not even it's like how long have we just been like not talking about our picks 27 uh, minutes like uh that. that's a that's about the length of like a fate stay night dialogue scene like we're Indeed. we're good <laughs> we did it <sighs> uh actually you know what i don't think i'm gonna tweet that out because i feel like it's no matter how i position this i'm gonna i it it immediately looks exhausting um <laughs> It's if, 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 if I like, if I'm looking in my what's happening tweet box and I, I look at it and I'm like, man, this would piss me off if I saw like somebody else posting it, you know, it's, I just hit control a delete and I keep scrolling, but it's to answer that question. No, I don't think it's possible. That's okay no. though. I'm just, I'll just keep playing SSX three. Hell yeah. Hey, is, is, is that the podcast? I think that might be the pod, to be, like, completely frank with you. Autumn, do you think that's the pod? Sorry, I muted for a second to check settings on my microphone, and I didn't realize that when I pressed the button, it didn't unmute. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> All okay. I said was, I think that's the pod. <laughs> I, yeah, then, Regs, where, where in Before this... We, oh, we can say, I think. The next pod, if we if we line it up just right, is going to be me, Boo, and good friend of ours, Bell Stardust. Yeah, yeah, the legend. We are still finalizing our picks, but we should have that up and ready to go when this hits your feet. And They're going to be kick-ass, I promise. They're going to be very good it's, picks. <laughs> like, it's, it, it might be like the most themed pick on Hot Set. We're, we're all going to pick three Sheena Ringo records from various eras yeah. and be like, yeah, 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 yeah. J-pop o'clock. All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> looking forward to that one. So yeah. Um, where can you find me on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at regression with three S's. Don't forget the third S. Uh, how about you? You can find me on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee. You can find all the podcasts that I do at exportodd.io. That takes you to the Patreon, uh, where you can see like a list of links to all other stuffs, and there might be a Squarespace in the coming future, but that's not up yet. Um, anyway, also there on the Patreon, uh, you can give us a dollar a month to get this podcast early, to get Ornate Stairwells early, to get Baghand Book Club early. And for $5 a month, you can, um, listen to Pop Town Funk, um, which is maybe so the good. greatest podcast so I've good. ever recorded. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. We just talked about a really good kaiju movie called Death Kappa, and next we are going to be talking about... Uh, the one episode of Supernatural that's told from the perspective of the car. Yeah, an episode of Supernatural. <laughs> Thank you. Because we rolled the car from Supernatural as a Funko Pop, so. <laughs> I'm uh. sorry to hear that. Let me know if there's anything watching... I can do to help out about that. I've I've seen two episodes of Supernatural in my life, and now we are going to jump to. Season 11, episode 4. <laughs> so good. Um, also, while I'm doing plugs, listeners, um, I'm sorry if my audio quality was a little bit off this time. I just realized the mic was set to the little um, record everything around me instead of record directly in front of the mic. Uh... I think it'll be fine because my gain is really, really low. But if if you hear any, like... Nora playing Halo sounds in the background. I apologize. I think we can live with that, to be honest. 
Um, Boo, where can people find you? Oh, wait, I didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I literally, I literally raised my hand. I was like, <laughs> oh, wait, me. Um, uh, basically, anywhere where you can put like a at before Boo Cannon, I'm there. Uh, I have a band camp. Cash app, uh, Venmo. Cash app, Venmo, <laughs> uh, ETH, uh, uh, OpenSea, Super Deluxe. I'm on all the crypto. You know, it's I'm fucking was, up. I'm fucking up those remember, apes, man. I was literally trying to remember what the crypto art websites. Were. I'm on. I am. I am on Zora posting generative code art for oh, nine man. trillion dollars. I am fucking around. No. Um. I am on Twitter at at Buchanan. Uh. My uh. My design stuff is at Design by Boo. Commissions are open, ladies. Um, and, uh, it's, you know, I got, I got a bunch of other shit. You can just go ask me. It doesn't matter. None of this matters. Um, two things come to mind. One is I'm <laughs> waiting for the first time someone steals a library work for an NFT. <laughs> um, I'm sorry to put that idea in your brain, but it's going to happen at some point in time. And secondly, uh, rip to the Jedalika. Um, uh, yeah, my, my boy Declan, it's, uh, uh, packed up his little hobo bag and, uh, left the site for good it's uh it's been a tremendous loss True, but uh truly it's um, it's for me i can just walk seven steps over and bug him for any number of wisdom but he's he's got some fun stuff coming down the pipe that you guys will love 100 percent. hell yeah all right um how about does it for us hell yeah yeah catch you next time bye, bye. later